How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Updates for Thursday, May the 6th. I've got a fun show for you here today. We're going to start off talking about Resident Evil Village. Let's jump into it. So the review embargo has lifted for the newest iteration of Resident Evil, and critics are generally happy with the game. Now, if you don't know, Village is a direct continuation of Resident Evil 7. Many people also just refer to Village as Resident Evil 8. And it's a continuation in both narrative and mechanics. It takes place in this creepy village inspired by gothic horror and European folklore. And throughout the game, the player makes their way through the village to see four different castles, each with their own theme and challenges. You know, that lady vampire has been a big part of their marketing recently. She's just part of one castle out of the four. So there were some pretty good reviews of the game. There is one from Polygon here, which really focused on how the series balances being both a horror and an action game. Because Village is less of a horror game than Seven was, but it's obviously still there. This is what they say, quote, Eventually, the swings between horror and action become so common that moment to moment I had no idea what I'd see next. It's definitely an action game, and despite all the shooting, it's also a horror game. End quote. And this is something a lot of reviewers talked about, how, you know, towards the end of the game, there's a lot of shooting going on, and you have so many resources that it never really feels scary, because you can easily take down anything that you're met with. For those of you who are fans of the franchise, there were a lot of comparisons to Resident Evil 4. This is from Kotaku, quote, Resident Evil Village is everything I wanted out of a new Resident Evil game. Combat is hefty and brutal, the monsters are unforgiving and relentless, and the set pieces are compelling enough to make up for some inconsistent pacing and difficulty. Moment to moment, Resident Evil Village consistently surprised me with its dips and turns, the way that first trip through Resident Evil 4 did. End quote. And I guess the last thing I'll mention here is that a lot of reviewers did have their nitpicks and smaller issues that they had to make note of, but ultimately it was always overshadowed by the overall experience. This is from VG247, quote, Taken alone, any one slice of the game, like a single house, the village itself, even the way combat handles, has its issues. But combined, it merges into something that's still special. It's an easy recommendation, end quote. So anyway, super happy to see this franchise succeeding. I know people weren't happy with it for a while, but the last four games they've put out have been met pretty positively. And I know they have a lot planned for the series moving forward as well. So feel free to check the game out if you're interested. It's releasing on all the platforms you would expect on Friday, May the 7th. We got two announcements from Nintendo today. First of all, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 is going to be releasing on the Switch on June 25th. This is the remastered bundle. It sold quite well when it originally released last September. Happy to see it on a new platform. And more interestingly, they announced a new game coming to the Switch called Game Builder Garage. And it's pretty cool, it's all about learning programming and how to make video games. Of course, in a very Nintendo style, the UI is very reminiscent of Super Mario Maker. Except, you know, players can put together any kind of game that they're interested in. They'll have some lessons, you can share it with your friends. And interestingly, you're also going to be able to plug in a USB mouse, so that you can actually use it like a proper computer UI. Anyway, definitely check out the trailer, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. If not a little basic. So you might remember that EA is really trying to bolster their portfolio for EA Sports right now. And they just filled in one of their gaps, which was baseball. They didn't have any kind of baseball game, at least not recently. And so they recently announced the acquisition of Metalhead Software, 
who are the developers of Super Mega Baseball. Now, we don't have many details, but we know that Metalhead is going to remain in Vancouver, and they'll continue to develop Super Mega Baseball and other titles. Now, what I find interesting is when you look at the portfolio for EA Sports, this looks like one of their first, like, non-realistic sports games. Other games like Madden and FIFA, they're usually sports simulators, whereas Super Mega is really quite arcadey. So I wonder if this is going to be an expansion in more ways than one for them. And hey, you know what, folks? That's going to be all for today. I'm out of time. But hey, if you're not listening already, be sure to tune in to the TGO After Show. I'm going to talk about another news item, which isn't so important, but is kind of interesting. Uh, it's available on ALEXA in your Flash Briefings settings. You don't even have to go searching for it. It's just going to be automatically there, ready to be enabled. And if you're listening to this on a Google Home device, I'm sorry, it's not available right now. Hopefully one day the feature will be there. It'll let me add it. That's all for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. Back tomorrow with the news. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, it's the TGO After Show. If you're a new listener, welcome to the club. And uh, as promised, I've got another news story to talk about here. Now, I ran out of time for this. It's not like super important or anything like that. But you might remember yesterday, I talked about how the head of product at Google Stadia, his name was John Justice, which by the way is a great name, John Justice. Uh, he left the company. And it turns out he wasn't the only one. Six other prominent roles at Stadia, at least six, have also left, including names like Head of Creative Services and Publishing, Corey May, and the General Manager, Sebastian Puel, or, or Poole. And it's interesting because most of those people left for another studio made by Jade Raymond. It's called Haven Studios. Jade Raymond is this very prominent game developer. She's been all kind of all over the place. She was doing a bunch of stuff at Stadia, but then they closed down their internal studios, so she was gone. And then she started this Haven Studios, entered into a partnership with PlayStation for a brand new IP, and brought along a bunch of other people from Stadia, apparently. Which I guess means that Haven was appropriately named, right? Like, there's kind of been this mass exodus, and they have found their Haven in this new company. And it makes me just wonder, like, what the heck's going on over at Stadia? Are they just done? They didn't just lose people for an internal studio. They're losing, like, actual people. General manager. Sorry, when I say actual people, I mean, you know, roles that require seemingly the Stadia service to actually run. Maybe these people are leaving and then they're just being replaced. Like, maybe the role isn't going away. But if the role go is going away, I wonder what's actually happening. Are they just going to toss this away as another failed project? It's not uncommon for Google, obviously, and... We've had reports about how horribly mismanaged the whole thing was. But I do think there's, like, potential here. It can be saved, at least. And maybe the investment to save it isn't worth it. You know, their competition is going to be fierce. There's Amazon Luna, Game Pass is on the horizon, and xCloud. So, I don't know. That whole thing is just a big cluster. Anyway, that's enough about Stadia. What else is going on? Oh, you know what I started playing today? A game called Dead Cells. I've been meaning to play Dead Cells for a very long time. It's a combination of two of my favorite types of games, which is roguelikes and Metroidvanias. And I've put in like an hour. It's, it's a good game. It feels good combat. Love the aesthetic. It's quite difficult. Um, but I think I've made some decisions about how my gaming time is going to be spent now. So I have officially shelved Hollow Knight because I've beaten the game before. You know, I haven't completed very many games. And I was replaying this one 
and I am happy to come back to it in the future with no reservations, you know? Hollow Knight is going to be a forever game for me, I think. So I'm going to put it down for now in favor of Dead Cells. I also mentioned the other day I'm putting down Octopath Traveler in favor of Final Fantasy X when it comes out on the Game Pass in a week, I think. Week and a bit. And then besides that, I don't know, I think I need to have another game going. I don't really have anything happening on PC right now. I guess I'm playing some Repentance. And then I'm playing multiplayer games with my friend, Valheim, Tabletop Simulator, recently. But yeah, I think I'm, in terms of story games, I'm going to be focused on these two. Or I should say single-player games. And, uh, yeah, anyway, there's your quick Adrian gaming update. And I think that's all I have to talk about today. Thanks for being here, folks. Greatly appreciated. Uh, of course, back tomorrow, as I always am. And until then, farewell.